Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to NJSBA's Blog Talk Radio program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a show dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day and a conversation that brings education leaders to you. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host this morning. Uh, before I get started, however, I'd like to have Kurt tell you how to participate in the show if you choose to. Thanks, Ray. To call in, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four. When you are ready to make a comment or ask a question, press one. That will indicate on my switchboard that you are ready to ask a question. I'll get your name and your question or topic. Also, if you are on the phone line, I will ask you to turn down the volume on your computer and only listen on the phone, since there will be a delay and it is confusing. If you are just listening on your computer, we do have a chat room feature that you can log on to. We will be monitoring the chat room and will pass on some of the comments or questions to our speaker. To log on to the chat room, you will need to register with Blog Talk Radio. Thanks, Kurt. Um, since the tragic school shooting in Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, um, many school districts across the nation, but here in New Jersey, have been uh, re-examining their school security. Uh, in, in New Jersey, I think we're pretty happy that we have a pretty good system, but any system can be improved on uh, because as I would say, Newtown felt they had a very good system. Uh, at New Jersey School Board Association, we're trying to start a conversation among those school districts about how we can start to examine and improve our school security and keep our students safe. Uh, here with me today uh, will be Mary Jane Canos, a business administrator in the District of uh, Chester. Uh, w- welcome, Mary Jane. Thank you. Uh, and also with me is Dr. Michael Wonko, uh who is a principal right now in Piscataway, uh, New Jersey. He's also an author of a book, Safe Schools, Crisis Prevention and Response. Uh, Welcome, Dr. Wonko. Thank you for the invitation, Ray. Um, Thank you both for joining me on this snowy day. uh, It's the advantage of doing this radio format as we don't have to drive anywhere. Um, But uh, since Newtown, as you know, it's been on the mind of probably more of the parents, too, of how to improve school safety. Um, I'm going to start with you, Mary Jane, because your school district uh, didn't wait for a crisis. Uh, I guess it was a little over a year ago. You went into a, you uh, started a school security audit, but you, could you tell us what you did? And uh, actually, sure, you know, Ray. Can you tell us the size of Chester, what, what the district's like? Uh, we're about 1,300 students, K-8, to fairly um, suburban, almost rural in Morris County. We have three different buildings. We have a K2, a uh, 3 to 5, and a 6 to 8. Two on one campus and then one on a separate campus. So we're a little spread out. Um, lots of open space here. <laughs> one of the things you know we were talking about, and this really was initiated by our um, police department because they're very proactive, and we're trying to get the schools because I think in a suburban district, 
parents take it less seriously. They like to think that, oh, nothing happens in Chester, you know, and I'm sure the people in Newtown felt the same way. So we were having a difficult time convincing the parents and the staff that we needed to do more. And so the police were meeting with us, and they suggested that we do a security audit to make people aware of places that we had weaknesses. We started looking at some security firms, and they're fairly expensive. And then we discovered that our own prosecutor's office was doing security audits for schools for free. So, But you have to invite them in. They don't advertise. So we made the call. We invited them in, and it was kind of like men in black. You know, we had eight detectives show up in dark suits, looking very, you know, in dark glasses. And we didn't tell the staff. ahead. We told the principals, but not the staff, that we were doing this. And it was really, for them, a wake-up call. You know, when you had detectives walking through your building going, you know, this needs to be locked. Why is this open? Did you notice this? It really made the point much better than the principals nagging or me sending memos or, you know, reminding people about things that need to stay locked. What we got from that day that they spent in the district was a huge color photo, detailed listing of suggestions. They're not recommendations. They don't come back and check to see if we've done them, but it's really for us to make the improvements. And what we did is sit down with the the, the book they gave us with the principals, the custodians, the teachers, and went through the changes we needed to make some behavioral, uh, which is just the culture of the school, and then some were things that we could do right away. So what we did is sit down and prioritize the list. What things could we do right away with our own custodial and maintenance staff, which were things like trimming some of the trees back where children or you know any kind of intruder could get up on the roof, um, keeping things locked, moving things out of the way, maybe putting a little enclosure around something. Then we looked at things that we might have to budget for. Uh, one of the things, you know, our, our, and the teachers always complain about this, the, the locks on the doors. Very often when you have a lockdown, the kind of hardware we have in schools, the, the teacher has to go out in the hall and turn the lock mm-hmm. and then go back inside, which nobody wants to do. Um, when we looked at replacing the hardware, it's up to $400 a door. So that's something you know we couldn't immediately do. What we found, and again, the prosecutor gave us this, is a magnet that costs $5 that you put over the lock where it engages. So you keep the door locked, but when you pull the door closed, it doesn't engage. And then all you have to do is slide the magnet out, and those were only $5. <laughs> And as a BA, you you like those uh, choices. I love those things. That's my job is, you know, everybody wants it done, but they don't want to spend the money because, uh, you know, and we have that 2% cap. So we're really budget conscious as to what our expenses are. Um, We probably, you know, we're budgeting to replace those locks and, you know, in stages. But in the meantime, we have a quick solution. Um, And then we looked at long-term projects where we invited the architect in and looked at, because one of the big issues with our men in black was the way we let visitors into the school. And for those listeners who just came in, the men in black were the prosecutor's office. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I should explain that. Um, 
our vestibules really weren't secure in how people came in and got stopped and had to sign in and, you know, identify themselves. And so we looked at ways to reconfigure that entranceway. What we thought was going to be very complicated with the help of the architects, it really was more, you know, adding a door, moving a window, not as, as big a project as we thought. So that's something we're also budgeting to get done this summer. So the audit was, uh, I think, a great first step in getting us prioritized into what we could do. And uh, as I mentioned before, I have a copy of that, a self-audit that a district could do if their prosecutor... You know, I'm going to ask you a question about the the self-audit, but I do want to go to Dr. Wonko. Now, Mary Jane in her district was a little proactive. Your start in this uh, school security probably was not... Uh, was more reactionary, I guess, for the just uh, tell us the story. Uh, you have, you're in Piscataway now, but you were not there before, right? Well, Ray, it's basically a tale of two cities. In 1997, <laughs> it was reacting to a crisis, but when I came to Piscataway, the district here did the same thing that we've just discussed: became proactive and wanted to make sure they could eliminate as many threats as possible. So it's really a contrast of two different districts. Uh, in 97, we experienced a murder in the school, which then uh, prompted us to put in all of the hardware and the uh, programs that would adjust school culture that uh, we just heard about uh, on the audit. Um, so the important thing a lot of people don't think about is that uh, it's not just hardware. It's a negative climate can cause mm-hmm. problems in your school and that's why it's important to have this two-prong approach, which would be uh, doing your objectives to take care of physical problems in the school and then objectives to attack the cultural uh, background of the school. And uh, could you explain a little bit more on the, the culture of the school uh, and what you did to uh, change that? Well, um, back in 97 when, when this occurred, we... Uh, put in a lot of programs, which eventually got us to be named as a model uh, district for a safe and supportive school by uh, USA Weekend Magazine. So we were very happy about that, but it was a very difficult way to get that acknowledgement. The programs are very simple. You have clear student expectations. You give swift and appropriate consequences. You take a large school. Our largest enrollment there was 3,600, and you divide the school into houses or the school within a school concept mm-hmm. so that you could provide the individual needs uh, of your students will be met, but you still have everything that a large institution has to offer. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition to that, you enhance your interagency cooperation, police, mental health, uh, all all the people in your area that can help the school. And then you have programs to foster conflict resolution, like peer. You embrace diversity. We put in a system where many different clubs, because the population of the school is quite diverse, but having individual clubs uh, teach the students that each culture has something to offer, but they're all uh, put together in now a salad bowl rather than a melting pot. They keep their individuality, but they add to the flavor of the salad. And the way we did that was uh, any 
anyone could start a club as long as you had 10 students interested in the same activity. We would charter that and have an advisor assigned, and that helped us to create that climate of ownership and pride. And that's the basis of all of this. If uh, the students buy in, the staff buys in, you have that ownership and pride in the school, they alert you to things that might become problems. So that's on the cultural end. Okay. Um, uh, Mary Jane, uh, I'll get back. After you did the audit, uh, I guess the board and administration sat down, or maybe the administration first, and they made some recommendations to the board. Did you uh, then reach out to other members of the community or to law enforcement uh, to work together on this? Uh, yes, we have been working very closely with the police because they were here during the audit and they also reviewed the final report. And they're really, um, they're very involved in our community. So we've been getting a tremendous amount of support from them. And do they stop at your school on a regular basis? or uh... They do. Uh, we have a, a, a support officer who's here to do the D.A.R.E. programs. Um, he's does assemblies. He's very active in the schools, and they they probably you know they're usually here in the mornings just with traffic and you know to make sure that the buses get in and out and everything is safe in the morning. And they really have a presence in the schools. Um, Dr. Wonko, <coughs> excuse me. Um, what is your? Do you have a, any type of security system or? Uh, uh, in Piscataway, I know the story you talked about in 97 was in uh, Bayonne, um, and both are large high schools, both are pretty di diverse. Uh, do you have any type of security for students when they enter the s school? Yes, but it's it's quite different than the system we put in Bayonne because, again, that was a uh, response to an event in the school. Um, what we have here, and we have about uh, 63 exterior doors. We put mag locks on the exterior doors. These require 1,200 pounds of pressure to open the door unless the magnet is released. We put uh, video cameras with a buzz-in system at the entry points, and we have almost 200 cameras throughout the campus that's inside and outside, and they all come into what we call the blue room, where we have three large flat screens there are about 35, 36 individual pictures on each screen of different areas of the school, and those are monitored uh, throughout the school day. Most people who have cameras in their school only use them when there's a problem. They go and then check the camera to find out what happened. We are actively monitoring those, and we're in radio communication uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Well, who's monitoring we, those uh, Well, cameras? one of the members of the security team. We have okay. a nine-person uh, um, uniform trained security team. This is not in place of police. This is not in place of our SRO. Uh, SRO is a very important component in this safety plan. These people are uh, basically those that help our students make right decisions when they're passing in the hall or when they move from one area of the campus to another. Uh, they have two golf carts that they use and also one uh, vehicle, which is a retired uh, police car. We also have uh, metal detecting wands that we only use uh, when we feel there's a necessity or something is uh, brewing in the air. 
We do drills with those, however, so the kids are comfortable with them and they understand uh, when they come out it wouldn't be anything to excite them. Uh, just for someone who's a, a novice to education, uh, could you explain what an SRO is? Uh, that's a school resource officer. That's a police officer assigned to your building uh, by the local police department. And uh, they are not here for enforcement. They are here more for education and to develop a relationship with the community, with the students, and with the school as a whole. Yes, and then for anyone who's a parent, uh, a good number of schools had them, but they're not quite as numerous as they used to be because there was a, a grant that was tied to that program. But uh, So they're, they weren't there for safety initially. I think we look at them as a deterrent because there's a police officer in the school, but they were there to help the students more than anything else. Exactly. I think they also exactly. help bridge the gap. Um, you know, with people sometimes look at policemen as enforcers, and it helps build that relationship that they're people you can trust and you should go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we take that rate to a, a further extent because our SRO happens to be the head football coach of the team at the high school. So <laughs> oh, there really? are many different yeah. yes, and it, it makes for um, very easy communication with the students, and they meet with him on different levels because he has different roles. He might be the only one who's an SRO football coach in the state. I <laughs> that, that's the only one that I've heard of. Um, yeah. We're speaking with Mary Jane Canos, uh, B- business administrator in uh, Chester, and Dr. Michael Wonko, uh, principal in Piscataway High School, about school security. If you have a question uh, and you want to, and you're home and then you're in the snow and you want to call, it's one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four. Three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four, and just press one, and Kurt on the switchboard will get your question. Uh, before, so and we'll put you on the air. Uh, Mary Jane, you mentioned uh, a self audit before. Uh, please explain what that 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 document is that you were talking about. This is the uh, a document that was prepared by the Morris County Prosecutor's Office, which is pretty much the checklist that they used when they walked through our schools. Uh, but anybody can do it themselves if they'd like to. Uh, I know, I believe Bergen County just now started a similar program, but uh, many counties don't. So the Marsh County prosecutor provided this document for anybody that, any administrative staff that would like to do this themselves. And it's not, it's not hard. It's really just, it's a, probably a 20 page checklist of, that really details every aspect of your buildings, um, your grounds, things that you normally wouldn't think to check are in there. Uh, now, you saw an advantage having an outside, having the prosecutor's office do it because of the message you felt it sent to your teachers in the community. Um, but as you're saying, a district can do that. Who would do that in a district? Would it be the principal, the, the, the administration? It probably. I would say the best way to do it would be to have a team do it. Mm-hmm. So that you've got representation from, you know, the teachers' union, the, uh, even the custodians, maybe a parent, a board member. You know, so it's a team walking through, so that everyone is buying into it. Then, if it's just an administrator who then hands in a report and nobody looks at it, you know, I think. And I think, uh, as Dr. Wonko said, you you need all that buy-in. You need everybody feeling ownership. Um, and uh, just for our listeners, um asking uh, Mary Jane to uh, send that to NJSBA, and we'll post it on our school security uh, webpage so that if you want to get a, a look at what that self-audit is, you can. 
Um, uh, Dr. Wonka, I, I didn't talk to you about your, your police presence. You have an SRO. Do the police stop in any of your schools uh, on a regular basis, or do you have communication with the police department? I guess you can only talk for your school. You can't talk for all the schools. Well, I, I can talk a little bit for all the schools because we have a designated uh, walkie-talkie for the police in every building in the district. So in addition to our normal communication system, uh, which has a repeater on the building for the walkie-talkies we use, there's a separate unit uh, for police contact. So every school has that in place. Uh, the SRO naturally would be a person who could contact police at any time. Now, who has, who has the walkie-talkie? Is that the, the school principal, or is it uh, a few people in the school district? Well, and it depends on which school it is. We okay. keep ours uh, in our main office. And because we're so big, the expanse, uh, we keep one in another wing office. Well, I have so to we have know, two. I have to let you know your school is very big. I was in your high school the other night, and going from one end to the other, it's a pretty big high school. Um, do, did you have an issue? I mean, now high schools have, especially a large high school, like you have so many entrances. How do you manage all those? En- well, and I, I'll talk to Mary Jane about this because maybe a lot of schools have a lot of entrances. They weren't really, when they were designed, they usually weren't designed for security. How did you handle all the entrances to the, the school? Well, that's that's where we went with the mag lock system. So if you have that magnetic lock, uh, you really can't compromise that door unless you exert that 1,200 pounds of pressure. And uh, I'm working out, but I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we did, uh, because, like you said, you know, we kind of have sprawling buildings with wings and wings and wings and each and a door on every end. And what happens often when a teacher takes children outside, they want to prop the door open so mm-hmm. that it's easy. They don't have to walk back around because we keep all the doors locked. Uh, and most of them, not all of them yet, we're still staging that in, have a fob unlock. you know. And But they'll go out and they'll forget to take their fob, and so it's easier to just prop the door open. So we've also put alarms on the door. So if they leave it open more than a few seconds, an alarm goes off, which disturbs the other classrooms, so it's almost peer pressure mm-hmm. to not leave the door propped open, because that's always an issue in schools. And uh, how were the parents, Mary Jane, in your school district when you did the change? You know, it's interesting because they all want the security and they want more, you know, cameras and checks, but not for me. You know, I'm Mrs. Smith. You know me. You know? Right. <laughs> so it, it sometimes people are a little put out by it because it's good for the the strangers, but not the people we all know. And but there, you know, we haven't had anybody protest. You know, they've all been cooperative. Uh, That's an excellent point that you bring up about, you know, you know me, let me in. Uh, when we, If I go back to Bayonne in 97, because of the incident, it was very easy to put in things that people would resist in other situations. Uh, in that school, we actually uh, had a system where when you enter, uh, the students had to swipe an ID card. And their picture would come up on a computer, and there'd be a person there checking that that was the student who was legitimate. They would have to go through a metal detector. Their built bags were wow. searched. So that type of thing you would not be able to put into a school quite easily unless you had a crisis that preceded it. Exactly, right. yeah. 
And uh, how did parents enter the school uh, in, in that situation? Well, same thing. In, in that situation, in that school, I had over 80 entrances, and we reduced it to just two. And we wow. brought in that amount of students we were able to process in the normal uh, time. Uh, but the parents, visitors, still have to come through that same process. They don't have the IDs, but there is a person at right at the door, and the walk-through metal detectors as well as the wands are right at that door. So they're processed uh, as they enter. And maybe I misheard you. You said there was like thirty-five, thirty-six hundred students. Well, that was that largest enrollment. That was the largest, but even so, and you had two entrances. Two entrances, but for that system that was put in, we were probably at about twenty-six hundred students at that time. Twenty-six hundred. That's still a lot of students in two entrances, and yeah, you were able to, to get that. <laughs> we did it, and uh, it's still uh, being done today. Wow. Yeah. Damn, I'm impressed that. It, I think I probably have districts with 500 kids would ha- have a hard time with that. Um, Mary Jane, you have any other um, issues that I didn't cover yet? No, I think just one of the things that I think we struggle with with not having had an incident is, you know, there's a crisis somewhere. Everyone reacts. Everyone is more alert, more aware, and then, like most things, you it, it drifts off and people go back to their old behaviors. So I think one of the things it's important for districts to do and we're trying to do is to continue that awareness and that dialogue and taking measures because it's so easy to get comfortable again until there's another incident and then everybody panics again and says, what are you doing? So we're trying to keep this a topic in the forefront and to keep taking steps to keep people aware, keep educating them, keep checking, keeping diligent. Yeah, I would agree. This year it might be easy to, to make those changes and to keep people diligent, but maybe a year from now or two years from now exactly, it, it, it might fade. Do you have to continue, continually remind your teaching staff? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and that's something we bring up at our administrative team meetings because, you know, people will stop wearing their ID tags. They'll lose their uh, little swipe fob. And so now we're making them pay for them when they lose them. Uh, we're really, as soon as they lose it, we have to take them out of the system, and then they can't get in the building unless somebody lets them in. So, you know, you have to create a certain level of discomfort for people to change. So yes, we're trying look- to be a little stricter on enforcing behavior that, you know, is not acceptable. Uh, Dr. Wonka, uh, do you have to continually work with your staff on that, on the security measures? I mean, I'm not sure what your turnover would be, but uh, it's a large district, so I'm sure you, you always have new staff members come in every year. Well, we we work on it constantly, and not just with the staff, but with the students and the community. Um, our security people, for example, go through um, about five trainings a year on different things, so it's a, it's a constant. Uh, as you know, they have assassinated presidents. Uh, there's no place that's going to be completely safe, but we want to make it as safe as possible without turning it into a police state. That's why I said it's so important about the cultural programs in the school, that ownership and pride, and we don't do that type of thing in our school. You establish that, and it kind of sets the tone for everyone to be on their guard to look for things and alert us if there's anything that's out of the ordinary, because it takes everyone here to keep us safe. 
Uh, and I, I think your point on the culture is probably very important because uh, the Newtown was an unusual shooting in that it was a, a complete outsider. Uh, most of the other shootings, there is a connection to the school. And is that why you have to focus a lot on the culture? Because that's the... Absolutely. Uh, and, and let me just say this for everyone who's listening. Schools are still the safest places for our children. They They must keep mm-hmm. that in mind. But we have to work every day to ensure that our most precious commodity is kept safe. Um, this is not things like this when they happen um, really uh, change the way people look at schools, and then they're more uh, concerned about what might happen to their child because it's their child. But these are the safest places for children. Statistically, that's been proven over and over. Yes, I know that. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Michael Wanko, principal of Piscataway High School, and Mary Jane Kanos, who is uh, the business administrator in Chester Township. Uh, if you have a question uh, in our last uh, few minutes, one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four, and just press one. Uh, that'll indicate that you have a question. One three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four is the number. Um, Mary Jane, do you have? Uh, how far are you into your audit? When did you do, did it? About two years ago, or was that eighteen months? A uh, year. It was a year ago, September. Okay. And we're uh, at the point now where we have budgeted for um, the changes we're going to be making to our entranceways. So that will get done this summer. Uh, we have all the the drawings, the plans are done, the DOE approval. So now we're just waiting to have the buildings empty so we can make those changes. Um, we also budgeted for the new hardware. Of course, now we're, we're in the, um, the tentative budget state. We don't know yet what our state aid is going to be. So <laughs> until we know our numbers, you know, that, that unfortunately, facilities projects are always the first things that get cut. So uh, we may have to stage those in mm-hmm. to get the the hardware change. But, you know, I think it's just being proactive, putting it in the budget, hoping for the best, and getting – we just keep moving forward with the items in there. And then what we've been doing is cycling back, you know, and having regular meetings with the custodians, reminding them of, you know, things that need – because, you know, the custodians that are in the building, you know, with not having security people – they tend to get easily, you know, a teacher will say, oh, come on, you know, just open this for me. <laughs> and the next thing you know, the doors are unlocked again. So we have to continually meet with them and reinforce that they need to be diligent as well. All right. And uh, the audit, and I just, uh, for our listeners, you're, you did it through the Morris County Pros- Prosecutor's Office. Some prosecutors do do that in some of the counties. Uh, and there's no charge. There might be a waiting list now. I would suspect there um, is in Morris County now. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and I probably I, I understand Bergen's doing it too. I'm not sure about the other counties, uh, but there are security forms who might do that, uh, or you have the self audit. And what that did do for you is that it just gave you an outline. Of, it helped you prioritize what you could do uh, financially right away and what you had to plan for exactly yeah that was, okay. it was a big help in doing that because you know it, when you look at your buildings a lot of times you don't see what other people would see because you're, you're used to them you don't notice 
things that could be a problem. So having someone else or even having a team walking through the buildings, everyone has a different eyeball on things. Okay. Uh, Dr. Wonka, uh, when you came to Biscataway, how did you implement – did you have to, with some things already in place and you just added things each year or was it more of an overnight – Bayonne, I know, was overnight because you had an incident. But how did it get implemented in Piscataway? Well, Piscataway is a progressive district. They had things in place when I got here, and we simply just added each year. And uh, we looked at a physical risk reduction checklist and a crisis preparedness checklist and went through those and uh, upgraded cameras, for example, uh, added the magnetic locks to the doors, um, things that each year you budget a little bit more money for, and then you could put in. Uh, again, they had many things in place before I got here, but they continued to keep uh, the school safe by adding. So I guess the lesson I'm learning from both of you is it's it's not something that you do in one fell swoop. It's something that you just each year build on. Exactly, well, yeah, and, and continually reevaluate. Right. And continually improve and Again, you have to budget each year, and uh, it's no longer the case where the principal is merely the educational leader of the school. Uh, that responsibility has expanded now to safety and security. And, and I guess the, uh, the final point, I, I guess you you still want to create a learning environment. You know, you talk to the cultures, and you don't want to have it such a, a lockdown that it's that there's no learning going on. Exactly. Uh, but every child has the right to come to school free from fear, intimidation, and drugs. That's that ownership and pride. We don't do that here. You're part of our family. We call it the Piscataway High School family. And that culture is very important. Okay. Uh, I'll be coming to our end. Do you have any final thoughts, Dr. Wonka, that I, I didn't cover or do you like to get across? Uh, just this Exactly what you said before, Ray, that uh, it's something you have to continually work on. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, work with as many community agencies as possible. Uh, I'm lucky that I have a supportive uh, central office and board of ed, so it makes it easy. Um, if you're not in that situation, I just ask you, keep pushing ahead. You have to keep the kids safe. Okay, and Mary Jane, uh, I know we're going to put up your uh, self-audit. Any other final words? Uh, no, I mean, I just second uh, what Dr. Wonko said. There's just, it's it's a constant process, and a lot of it is, is having the support and from the community. And, I, again, not not having children be fearful. We don't want the parents fearful. We don't want... The children to be fearful. We don't want that presence in the school that something could happen. And it's a delicate balance of keeping the children comfortable and the parents comfortable, but still improving your security. So it's, uh, I think, it, just for people to remember that it's ongoing. It's never going to be done and never accepted as, okay, we're done. It's an ongoing process that's always being reevaluated and improved on. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mary Jane, I'd like to thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, and Dr. Wonko, uh, thank you for joining me. It was my pleasure. 
Okay, that brings us to the end of this uh, conversation New Jersey education. Next week, I'll also be covering school security. Uh, I'll be focusing on uh, uh, the police presence as we have uh, uh, the head of the Police Chiefs Association in New Jersey, uh, Dr. Uh, police Chief Ray Hiduka, with us, as along with his school superintendent, uh, uh, Dr. Gary McCartney, and also from Nixell, uh, Mark Miller. It's a communication company that I think uh, you'll get some good information on. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining us, and have a good day, and everyone stay warm and cozy in the snow. <laughs> thank you. All right, bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.